Well, hey there, this is Laura, and you're listening to Sorry, I Was Homeschooled. How's it going, Suzanne? It is going well today. I'm having a lot of time and just remembering how much I enjoy my friends. That's a happy thing. Yeah, yeah, that is... Aw, well, now now I can't talk because you gave me feelings. <laughs> oh, no, not feelings. <sighs> Dang it. I hate feelings. We're not supposed to have those. I'm supposed to be above those. Dang it. Oh, my gosh. So, yay. So, I am happy to be recording this second part, Laura, with you and excited yeah. about it because homeschooling is something I'm passionate about, but... You know, some people would say, does that mean you think everybody should homeschool? Uh, No, that is not what that means. I just believe it's a great tool for people who need to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that I fall into the category of people who needed to um, because I just needed the freedom to run around and be a weird little kid. What, you? Uh, Yeah, right. (laughs) Oh man. Um but the last last time that we were talking, we were kind of talking about um the history of homeschooling and the politics of homeschooling and we were kind of um debating about whether or not homeschooling in the US is uh, a conservative movement or a primarily conservative Christian movement and what the roots are of that and where it's gone today. Uh, And you were kind of saying that you don't think it started out very conservative. Well, it's not that it didn't start out conservative. I think what we have to realize is that politics in the 1980s was different than the politics of today. So was it mainly a Christian? uh, I even hate to say that, but... A lot of the reasons that the pioneers of homeschooling began homeschooling is that they really felt like it was a a command from God, okay? It was, you train up your children in the way it should go. And they felt like Mm. with prayer being taken out of school and other things, they felt like the public schools were failing them, okay? And so, yes, was it Christian, but conservative Christian has, I think, a connotation today that it did not have back then. Um, It was more back then. You put your head down, you did what you felt like you should do as a Christian, but it didn't have the political baggage that at least I feel like comes from that today. So that's why I kind of make a little bit of a distinction there. Well, it's wild because I was, um, I was, I also mentioned in the last episode that my upbringing as a homeschooler, um, probably in, you know, bet- let's say between 2006 and, I don't know, 2005, 2008, 2009-ish, um, was super political, where, um, it was not only the environment that I was in, both at home and at the homeschool tutorial I attended, was very political um, with issues like abortion, for example, mm-hmm. um, with um, 
people very strongly believing that you needed to vote Republican if you were a Christian. Um, and a lot of, you know, people going to protests and stuff, like the Tea Party protests were kind of starting mm -hmm. up around that time. Um, that was such a huge part of um, my experience as a homeschooler that um, it's kind of wild to me to hear that the politics, uh, particularly the conservative politics, weren't always so entwined with Christian homeschool culture. Yeah, and it would be interesting to go back and look because, you know, when we say entwined, I think politics in general was just so different that I have a very hard time trying to go, okay, you know, what part of that was and wasn't just because politics itself were not as polarizing. Okay. Um, well, I'm I'm a baby. I was born in 96. Can you explain that to me? How was it different? Yeah. I, okay. So before, I would say the moral majority got involved. Um, What's that? Oh, there you go. Okay. So <laughs> Jerry Baldwell and, and the different Baldwell, leaders yeah. of the Christian church began to really say, you know, Christians should be involved in politics and this is what Christians should do in politics. Um, it, it's not that I necessarily disagree that Christians should be involved because I believe all citizens should be involved. Okay. Yeah. But they really, there was a little bit of a, oh my gosh, and this would be a whole different podcast, but a whole view of Christians taking over the world, right? And instead of mm -hmm. it coming from as much of a let's go out and evangelize, it became a let's evangelize and take over politically. It's just a little bit of an right. odd, once again, a different discussion. But I think that with that, that began to be enmeshed in homeschooling. The politics did as well. The kind of theonomy style. Exactly. Uh, school of thought where it's like, well, in a perfect world, um, our nation would be governed by divine law. We should uh, be a Christian nation. And that means that we need to have biblical laws and biblical government and Christian uh, representatives and Christian government. Yeah, exactly. And so when that began to be mixed in more to our churches, then of course that began to affect Christians, which then began to affect Christian homeschoolers. Okay. Mm. Now, not all of and that when, was And when do you, sorry, mm -hmm. when do you feel like that started happening? Oh, probably like about in the time the 80s? Well, and a little bit later. I mean, and here's, but here's why. I, I can't say that all of that was in quote, bad, wrong, whatever. Once again, putting yourself in the shoes of the people at that time who really felt a call by God to homeschool, and they were being threatened with jail time. And so it, it's not as simple, and you can't pull it out quite as clearly as I would want to. Um, you know, mm. when politics, politicians, law, are telling you, you don't have the right to homeschool. Okay, then you begin to challenge that because, you know, in the yeah, beginning of our nation, people homeschooled. And so there's a whole history there. 
And in my viewpoint, there's a history of public schools failing the citizens. Well, that's kind of what I was going to ask you is, like, if it wasn't driven by this, oh, public education is worldly and we need to protect our children from that, which I feel is a rationale that I've heard from homeschool parents uh, Absolutely. in the 2010s, if not, because I'm not around a whole lot of homeschool parents now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now the homeschool parents who I do know, it's like, oh, it's more of a COVID thing, um, why they started homeschooling. But if it wasn't that, like, oh, we need to protect our children from the influence of the secular world, what was the driving force of early homeschooling? Yeah, and I would say that definitely was a part of it, Laura. I think also mm. that almost takes a... Okay, so in talking to some of the pioneers of homeschoolers in Tennessee, and I can't Which talk is where to we other are both states. From. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I can't talk to other states, but really it wasn't even, the feeling that I got was it wasn't even as much of a negative pushback as it was a positive going towards something, going towards the script mm. Scripture that said we want to edu- you know we want to train our children as we sit down as we walk as we you know that that whole thing and so it it's one of those things that I go okay were there plenty of people that were reacting and saying oh protect our kids bring them in you know all of that yes but there was also you know a lot of the people who were willing to go to jail for homeschooling, it was a very proactive, we're doing this because we feel the call to educate our children rather than turning them over, as some would see, to a system. Well, we had a short little interruption there, but uh, what were we talking about again? Well, I think we were talking about the different reasons that people homeschool. So, you know, they're just, once again, it goes back to that whole misconception about homeschooling being homogeneous. I mean, that everybody is the same and homeschools for the same reason. And the whole idea to me is understanding the history of things to understand um, what was the same, what was different. Um, so I really, I, I really think that you know, putting ourselves back in that situation when you could be arrested, it wasn't just a Mm -hmm. light thing that they went, ooh, I want to homeschool. You know, I mean, they really had to have dedication to it and have a purpose beyond just, I think, it was beyond just a reaction against, okay? Mm. It wasn't just a reaction against something. Yes, were they upset that prayer was taken out of school? Did they feel like the public schools oh. not serving them well, all of that. We didn't now. mention that. You didn't mention that. I didn't even think about that. Prayer yeah, being so, taken out of schools. What year do you? I can Google it if you don't know. Yeah, I think it was in the 1960s or even 50s. Google it for me though, because I don't remember. Yeah. But but then you have so they had waited all this time. They're seeing what they consider a degradation of the school system, and so they're going okay, but. Even beyond that, those were the people that were reacting against it. I think that you had a core group also that was, they really were proactive. They just believed it's what they needed to do. Mm. Yeah, so school prayer, um, 
the Supreme Court ruling was in well there was one landmark decision by the Supreme Court in 1962 mm-hmm. and one in 1963 okay and then okay so i have to comment on this before we go f- too much farther and i think what people didn't understand is that once prayer was taken out of school to put it back in you begin a whole thing of these are not schools run by churches. These are public schools. And if you're going to say, we want to have prayer in school, then my immediate question begins, well, who are you going to let pray? And who decides you're going to let them pray? And oh, it gets touchy constitutionally for me. I would rather it, okay, and I'm going to get crucified for this one, but I would rather it not be there than all prayers be considered equal. Okay, Mm. as a Christian, I would rather religion just not be a part of the school. Right, because then you don't have to have the conversation. And (laughs) speaking of hot takes, um, and I'm saying this as a Christian, like none of us of any religion can objectively prove that we're the right ones. Um, You can't. You can't do a scientific study on that. You can't objectively say. Because I, I think that that's the stance of a lot of people who want prayer back in schools or they want um, public education to be more Christian-influenced is, well, I'm right. I do believe in the one true God and Jesus Christ is Lord. So because my belief is true, everybody should follow it. And it's like, okay, yeah, I might agree with you, but... um you know, how are you gonna how are you gonna convince someone of a different faith who also one hundred percent believes that their faith is the one true faith? <laughs> yeah, it, it really becomes a quagmire in in my mm-hmm. viewpoint at this point. You know, if we were a nation of only believers and, you know, Christians, then it would be a different thing, but we're not. And I think to try to make us into something that we're not, we end up having more trouble with that than we do good things come out of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, once again. But I do have to say, you know, people wonder what the homeschooling community was like. And I will tell you that I got a lot of support from my homeschool community. But once again, that's like saying, you know, what's your family like or what's your church like? Or, mm-hmm. you know, it depends on the community you're in and who you surround yourself with. So it's hard. I mean, I had people around me that were um, like-minded in many ways. That means that we did challenge our students, our children. That means that we did believe in testing them. You know, and so different homeschooling factions, for less of, you know, for lack of a better way of putting it, are very different. Well, I think that that brings up something else that we wanted to talk about, um, which is, you know, what what are some some different ways to homeschool and how I think that the Nashville area Mm-hmm. Christian homeschooling world was very much its own thing, because um, you've got you've got music industry, mm-hmm. country music. You've got uh, Christian music industry. You've got Christian 
publishing. Mm-hmm. Um, and also a lot of wealth mm-hmm. in Williamson County, in uh, Franklin and Brentwood. Um, and just a lot of peculiarities to the Nashville area in particular and that culture of Christian homeschoolers. Yeah, and I think if anyone asked me, you know, should they homeschool, first of all, it depends. I do not believe that everyone should homeschool. I have seen it done really poorly where I felt like that the adults, you know, students, as they became adults, were very ill-equipped for life. I have also seen them very equipped. Um, And I, you know, it's, once again, goes back to that, why are you homeschooling? How are you homeschooling? And I do agree. I think Nashville is such a specific area, Laura. It's, It's very difficult to kind of spread that across the United States you know, or the world, because it is its own little section and uh, affected by the culture there. Yeah, because, uh, you know, my my homeschool experience included things like being able to go and uh, perform some backup vocals on a random Mm -hmm. weekday afternoon for like a, a kid's some kind of kids scripture song album or something like that. You know, things things like that where it's a very um Christian media industry mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of yeah. kind of flavor of homeschooling. Well, and with a lot of opportunities. I mean, there's some phenomenal opportunities that you got to, you know, invest in because of that. I think it, my goal in homeschooling personally was to not limit my children. And if anybody is listening who is homeschooling, I am going to say that loud and strong. (laughs) Don't limit your children. When they're 10, 12, even 13, you really don't know where they're going to go in life. And so to homeschool in such a way that you don't cut off opportunities for them, I think is a really huge thing. Um, You know, I feel like sometimes different types of homeschooling can cut people off of possibilities in the future. Um, I had various friends who didn't, they weren't strong in math, so they didn't focus on math, but then their children had a really difficult time getting in college. They didn't think their children would want to go into college. When their children were 15, they said they didn't want to go in college. Oh, my gosh. You know, Mm. no. (laughs) At 15, you don't want to cut off opportunities. Right. Well, and here's here's a question. Why? And, you know, you don't have to go into, you don't have to out people. But I know because we know a lot of the same people that um, that's, that's a pretty common story. Um, yeah. And the reason, I think we should talk about the reason that people, the parents didn't think their kids would want to go to college. Because I think that there, are, there are a few reasons. One is distrust of the higher education system. Absolutely. Because it's been uh, infiltrated by the communists. 
or something. Um, and then another is, oh, I assume that my daughter won't want to go to college because she wants to be a homemaker. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And that really comes in the section of homeschooling, I think, that is very patriarchal. Yeah. And if anyone is listening who doesn't know what that means, uh, you want to try explaining that one, Laura? I'm going to oh, throw yeah. that one to you. Um, <laughs> well, we can go back to a little scripture verse in, uh, I think, 1 Corinthians, one of the Corinthians, that um, is taken very literally by um, a lot of evangelicals, a lot of fundamentalist Christians, um, that, you know, the head of woman is man, the, the head of woman is man, the head of man is Christ, the head of Christ is God. Um, and so from that scripture verse, we get the term headship theology. Um, and that theology informs a, um, I suppose I would say a theology of the family, a theology of family structure that, um, you and I often saw in our, in our world. <laughs> Absolutely. And, um, the way that that manifests is a very strict hierarchy in the home of um, very strict roles and responsibilities and expectations of behavior of, um, you know, if you're a child, you're at the bottom of the hierarchy. Um, and you are expected to serve uh, and be respectful to people above you in that hierarchy. Now, that doesn't sound bad on its face, but what that means is that you're mm -hmm. really not allowed to express yourself. You're really not allowed to pursue your own interests um, in the more extreme cases and more um, literal interpretations of those kinds of scriptures. And if you're a woman, if you're a wife, um, or if you're a daughter, then you are expected to Follow whatever path your husband sets for you, whatever path your father sets for you. You're supposed to um, really obey your um, your male authority, <laughs> whether that's your your dad or your husband, um, unconditionally, basically, unless what he says goes against God's law. I don't know. Has that uh, is that yeah, Does that do and, justice? And I think, you know, for me, I want to make sure that we are clarifying that there is a huge range of that. Yeah, um, absolutely there is, yes. Y you know, but the strictest form of that would be likely to want the daughters to be prepared to be wives and mothers. Um, the, the negative side of that that I have seen, let me just... You know, if somebody's listening and they're going, well, what's wrong with that? Absolutely Well, and let me, let me interrupt. Yeah. The strictest interpretation would expect their daughters to only consider wifehood and motherhood. 
Exactly. And and that's where the problem comes in. And also with the fact that in this day and age, unfortunately, I mean, my husband, one of his very best friends died at age 32. Actually, the wife died Mm. at 32. But so you have different people who are left. And if that has been their entire training, then to try to survive as a single mom in that philosophy can be very difficult. Um, So a lot of things with that, but that is a part of, um, you know, a a, a part of some of the stricter doctrinally homeschool groups, let's put it that way. Right. Well, and on on the milder side, um, it doesn't restrict children's career possibilities. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. It, yeah. Absolutely. And, and with that, that brings up immediately to me a question that I have heard asked, you know, it, which is, okay, well, don't homeschoolers indoctrinate their kids and try, mm-hmm. let me, and, and try to mold them into future Christian slash Republican leaders? I just have to say, we all indoctrinate our kids. <laughs> you know, whatever your family culture is, that is what you teach your children. Now, I would hope that as they get older, they learn a variety of philosophy, variety of thoughts that they're exposed to more and more as they get older. But I do kind of laugh, you know, when people say, you know, do you indoctrinate your kids? Well, exactly what do you mean, you know, and are you, you know, at what point just to take it to the other side, at what point, if you're an atheist, do you begin reading scripture to them? You know, it's one of those things. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I think there is some of that. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's dig into that a little bit, though. So, I absolutely um, let's clarify the question then. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that by indoctrinate, part of that is, um, sheltering oh excuse me part of that is sheltering your kids from different viewpoints and not even wanting them to know um about other views of the world that exist so if yeah, we include I, that in our definition of indoctrination then what would you say that that very sheltered um, well, i think this it's an age appropriate you know, I think so much of that is an age-appropriate thing. Um, we don't want to expose our children to certain things at certain ages because, for example, you know, there's been a lot of studies on the over-sexualization of children. Um, so at what point are you exposing them to what? Um, I chose sure. to expose my children to different beliefs, meanings, philosophies, in part because we had family members that had different beliefs. But it was at what we considered an age-appropriate time. Right. And um, again, I think that the question of do homeschoolers indoctrinate their kids, I think the answer to that does run across a spectrum, where you do have families who legitimately don't want their kids to know anything about other faiths, other political ideologies, 
other lifestyles, like any other kind of living. (laughs) Okay, so pet peeve is when you call anything else dumb. Oh, well, they're just dumb. Oh, Um, like people? Yes. Like calling other people dumb? With different philosophies. Different beliefs. Yeah, with different philosophies. You know, so for example, if you believe in creationism, then every evolutionist is just dumb. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. rather than going, okay, there's a spectrum here. It's very (laughs) surface level. It's very dismissive. Yes. Um, And then I would say somewhere in the middle is kind of... um, well, I was going to say how I grew up, but I'm not sure if it is how I grew up um, because I wasn't solely exposed to Christian media. Um, we had, I watched TV and I didn't just watch Veggie Tales, but also my dad was like working in the Christian entertainment industry. So <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> uh, you know, VHS tapes would be given to me and I'd be like, it, it would be a situation where, okay, you have to watch this and tell me if you like it because I need to know if kids like this. Um, That's funny. <laughs> but I think I think you do have probably the most common scenario with like the average Christian homeschool family is they're going to listen to Adventures in Odyssey and they're going to watch Veggie mm-hmm. Tales and they're going to like listen to scripture memory songs in the car and they're going to have a lot of like Christian media in the home and then they may restrict secular media to a greater or lesser extent depending on how harmful they believe it to be absolutely agree with that and i would say that the primary uh, motivation for that is to protect kids from harmful influences rather than to mold them into some kind of rushdoonian um you know savior of God's vision for America. Absolutely would agree. And once again, we're talking generalities because every group is so specific and every family is so specific. So, you know, when I look at some of the homeschoolers that have gotten popular on TV shows, uh, they look a little bit like they're from another planet to me because that Mm -hmm. just was not the way that we homeschooled, was not our family culture at all. But, I mean, but let's, let me push back against that a little. I'm not saying that that was your family culture, but mm-hmm. I don't know about you. Well, actually, I do know about you. I do know that you knew families like that because I knew families like <laughs> that. We know most of the same homeschool yep. families. <laughs> exactly. No, and totally agree. And you're, yeah, absolutely new families like that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And and I really did. Now, I will – I'm kind of debating with myself in my head because I do remember hearing a lot of rhetoric, specifically at the tutorial that I attended, which was connected to a church, um, of like, oh, you guys are going to be world changers. You're going to change the world for Christ. And different people meant that in different ways. Absolutely. Some people meant that as like, oh, you're just, we hope that you listen to the voice of God and that you do your best to spread the gospel and spread Christ's love in the world. And I think that some people meant like, oh, man, we want you to have a talk radio show when you're older and really own the libs. (laughs) 
Yeah, and it's really hard for me looking back on some of that. I will tell you, I wish that I probably had dialed that down. Because I so believe, I personally so believe in the power of one. Okay, I believe that we make a difference in our world. But I believe that we do that by how we treat our neighbor, by how Mm. we treat the individual that we see on the side of the road. Cultivating your own garden, as it were. Exactly. So to me, that's the power of one, right? It's the Mm -hmm. power to change the world, but it's in the little things. It's it's not in the... um, oh, we expect you to be the next person who starts the greatest revival in America ever seen, right? Yeah, and that kind of now, is a, some of the rhetoric that I was receiving. And agreed. as a very earnest kid who, you know, really respected people in authority above me and really wanted to listen to them yeah. and, and do well and please them, um, I really took that to heart. I really trusted people in authority over me. And um, that was a lot of pressure for me, receiving that kind of messaging. That's exactly what I was about to ask you. I I was curious because looking back, I wish I had not, I wish I had clarified more and worded it differently. Well, and you didn't, because you and my mom, I know that you and my mom talked about this after um, your daughter and I graduated from that tutorial. Mm -hmm. Um that you guys just didn't you can't be there 100% of the time you didn't you didn't know everything that we were hearing absolutely but i'm curious how did that affect you and you touched on it a little bit but you know so how did it affect you when you were told so often you're going to be a world changer you're going to do this you're going to do that and then quite frankly the world can be a cold, hard place, you know, so you graduate school, you do the right thing, and you're there, and earning a, how did that, how do you look back and go, how do you feel like that affected you? Oh, man, you know what? I think we're going to have to save that for another episode. We can do that. Let's cut it here, and let's uh, talk about that another time. I've been Laura, she's been Suzanne, and this has been Sorry, I Was Homeschooled.